my dad used to say this. He was also an entrepreneur. And he used to say this all the time. He would say, if it hasn't worked, if it's not worked out, it just means that it hasn't worked mm-hmm. out yet. Like things are in your favor. The universe is in your favor. Your being here, your world wants you to succeed. And so if you can be patient and practicing patience is really hard because it means not panicking. And for those of us who have years and years of the roller coaster and business happening, panic is a really recognizable, like we're used to it. We understand panic and we go there immediately or the same panic is related to the same feeling that you have when you are making a sale and somebody says no, right? Like that might not be panic, but it's that same desperation or need or attachment to the sale. That energy is the same. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I'm super excited today to be here with Dana Corey because we have been attempting to have this conversation for a very long time. And I think you all know that life sometimes throws monkey wrenches and makes you shift and turn and jump up and down and do somersaults. And well, we're finally landed on the ground in the same place, at least through the ether (laughs) of the internet. And we're going to have this conversation and it's going to be about when doing all the right things isn't working. I know a lot of you entrepreneurs out there, you're doing all the right things. You're doing what your business coach said, you're doing what... Uh, the big gurus told you to do, and it's not fucking working. <laughs> and so you just feel like you're beating your head against the wall, and you don't know what to do. So Dana helps people with this problem. I help people with this problem, but I want Dana to give us a good scoop about what it is that she does uh, before we dive into this conversation. I've had this happen a couple of times in my career. I've been doing, I'm a business coach, business strategist, and I work with business owners who are pretty far along in their journey to help them be high-performing CEOs. And during my trajectory in over 11 years, this has happened to me twice in a really big way where I've done everything that I know to do, all the, as you said, all the right things, and 
business kind of has come to a halt. So I tend to go outside when I when, when I've been doing all the right things and it's not working and it's been a length of time, right? So it takes a while for me to get to this point where I'm just like, fuck it. This is not working. All of the rational, tried and true methods, like nothing is moving the dial. I will go outside and go see an energy healers, people who work in a different... I don't know. For me, it's like a di- totally different plane of existence, right. you know? And I always, I'm very pragmatic in it generally, but I believe that if something works, you shouldn't ignore <laughs> it. I don't need to know how it works. I don't need to know why it works. I just know that, that when I do this, when I, when I go and find an energy healer who, like, there's some synchronicity there, and I spend some time with them, that the dial seems to start to move and things change and there's some opening and some, um, some relaxation of the, cause you start to get panicked when right. things aren't working so well. Right. And so there's a letting go of that and a freedom to, okay, so let's, let's lean into perhaps thinking about it in a completely different way, which is really what energy healers bring to the conversation. When we're talking about bringing in an energy healer or working with a new coach or working with anybody that's going to help you shift the dial and get out of this rut, so to speak, it is about opening a new perspective, being able to access something that you were not able to access on your own. And when we're thinking about decisions, when we get to that place where we're stuck and we're doing all the right things, we've done, we're recycling the shit that we know. And then we start to get panicked. And when you're panicked, you cannot access your creative brain at all. (laughs) And that's where the land of something new comes from. And so when you're in that sort of fight and flight fear, like, oh, my God, am I going to make my quarterly goals? Am I going to be able to pay rent this week? Am I going to make payroll? Whatever it is, your creative brain just completely shuts down. So anybody that can open up a window for you is powerful. I'm super curious, though, how how did you end up seeing that first energy healer that made a difference? What was going on in your business? Well, the very first time I saw an energy healer was not because there was anything bad happening in my business. Somebody mentioned that they knew this person who did this particular modality that I had never heard of. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I want to find out more about what they do. And it was called holographic resequencing. And this woman lived in the wilds of Maine. She's in her 70s, and she had been practicing this particular modality for like 20 years. And we did it over the phone, and it sat, she would she would had all of these different instruments that made sounds and uh, at different frequencies, but that she was also like talking in my ear as if she was going down a map of my brain. It was absolutely fascinating. It was really fascinating. And because of all the 
I've done a lot of research and a lot of reading into epigenetics. I'm a total science nerd, right? And I, neurobiology was my thing in college. And I could hear her kind of going into the, the, the brain files where all these epigenetic things, it was, I was absolutely fascinating. And I did that just for fun because I just wanted Here, to yeah. know. Well, this is really cool. What it, what is this all about? And um, and so then I ended up sending a client to her who was actually having trouble because what I found was like there were, things were going great at that point. There was an opening. There was a feeling of freedom. There was some uh, some things in my business that I had been really trying to figure out what the next step was and hadn't really decided which way I was going. That all of a sudden became really clear to me. And so I sent one of my clients and it completely changed her trajectory of her business to the, I mean, like really changed her trajectory in her business, but also in her relationship, in having a relationship. She really wanted to have a relationship in her relationship with money in her relationship to sex. It was really an, ast an astounding experience for her. Then two years later was when I was really having trouble and I couldn't figure out what to do. And I tried to reach out to her. And she had, in in that time, passed oh. away. And so there was no, you know, it was like, oh, well, that's really yeah. sad. And things were so bad in at, in my business at that point. Like, things were, were, I was so in that, in the spiral that you get to where, oh, shoot, I should just go get a yeah, job. That's the worst. Right. We all know that decision, right? Like, oh my God, I should go get a job. And I had promised myself when I was 27 that I would never get a job, that I would never work for anybody else ever again. But this, I was serious. I needed a job. So I called, like, you know, we all know people in our lives who are connectors, who right. know everybody. So I called the five people in my life that I knew were the most connected to people. And one of them was this client that I had sent to this energy healer. And she said, no, that is not happening. Meet me for coffee tomorrow at nine o'clock. We'll go figure this out. And when I met her, she had met this new energy healer because she had also got to try to find the one we had used who had passed away. And she said, you have to go see her. She is this um, Japanese woman who happens to live 45 minutes from me. And she does, for the world to know, she does a modality called body talk which I was familiar with. I knew what that was. I had another friend who did body talk. She said, this will change your life. Like change the way you're thinking about this. And so I did. I went to see her. Hiroko always says, you know, come for three sessions. And I ended up, I think, going for eight sessions over a period of eight weeks. And she spent not, out of the 90-minute session, she spent 45 minutes to an hour just talking about what was happening she was talking to some entity that was sitting on my shoulder that she wasn't sure if it was my dad or my grandfather. And she used great visual, great visuals to explain the concepts that she was talking about. So it's really like how, how your brain sees it all made sense to me because it's kind of a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients. Is if I don't talk to people, I can't see. And, and then she put me on her table. And she did body talk, which is a kind actual kind of body modality where they, but they don't really understand how it works, but it also is very close. Cool. Like your body is its own right. computer and like, yeah. And that's how I found her. And she's been remarkable. I see her every now and then. 
the thing that she really, the, the most important or biggest aha uh-huh. that she saw, she was like, you are a type A personality. You drive yourself through and like you are a person who is going to make it happen no matter what. And you have gotten to the end of where that attitude towards success w- will work for you. There is no more cheese down that tunnel. That's pretty much right. what she said. The more you push, the more you drive at this point, the more stuck you're going to get because that is no longer what it's about. So you have to back up a little bit and trust, trust yourself, trust the higher power, trust, trust the universe that what is for you, what is coming for you. And that took out a oh, while. To like, I right. To shift. Well, isn't that the truth? And as, especially you're working with business owners who are doing half a million and up or half, wait, yep. Yep. Half, Half a million up right. to two so million. So you're at that place where people often hit, there's kind of this place of like the six figure mark. And then there's that like breaking the seven figure mark. And those are two places where I think in my experience and what I've seen where what you were doing to get there is not going to work to get to the next level. And so often people who are entrepreneurs, they're doers. Like, yes, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to barrel through and be their hard work has been the thing that get has made them succeed. And so you get to that place in business where no matter how hard you work, you're just going to be spinning the same wheel and you're going to literally create the same income. You might be putting might bring more a little more revenue in but you're going to be spending more money your your profit is going to stay the same you're just going to be or even go down because you're working right. so much harder right you're putting so much of yourself into it that your profit goes down your satisfaction goes because you're not moving fast yeah. anymore it's like slogging through molasses and, yeah and you're stuck doing all the drudgery stuff while still trying to like make some room for that something that'll create the business but you can't let go because you've got to be the one to do the pushing it's like it's a never-ending cycle and it's the worst you do and she she told you such great advice. Like you're not going to be able to keep doing the same thing and get there. Like you've got to step back. So what is it that you, when you work with your clients about that and they hit that place, what is it that you do with them to help them break through? Well, there's a cup, couple of things that I've learned both from, you know, Heroku and other energy healers, but just in the process of, as you do, you know, as you do your business over the years, you get better at it, right? And you hone the kinds of things that you do. So one of the things that I learned about five, six years ago is that human beings have three brains. We have the brain in our head, which is where we, you know, we think it's the only brain we have, but it's where rational thought happens. And we are weighted, our civilization weighs Almost 90, uh, 
100% of all of our decisions on this rational part of our brain. Well, it turns out we also have a brain in our heart. And I learned this, actually, this part way before that, because when my mother had, she had quadruple open heart surgery, and she, when she was recovered, she had lost a whole ton of her memory, of her long-term memories. And as I did some research, it turns out that your heart contains brain cells that have been there since we were little zygotes, and we, right, we divide and expand and divide and expand. Those brain cells automatically go into your heart. And the brain cells that are in your heart hold your memories and hold really strong emotions. So way after my mom had her surgery, when they first started talking about heart transplants, people who have had heart transplants often get the memories of the people whose hearts yeah. they get, that they have no experience of those memories ever. So your heart has its own little brain center that is all revolves around memories. In the last five years, they've done research, and there are also those same neurons, same brain cells that are in your gut, that are in your digestive system. And so when we say, I feel it in my gut, like I have a gut feeling, or there's an intuition, that's actually real. There's a real brain center in your gut. And we have taught ourselves over hundreds of years to, to ignore any impulses that come from our intuition or our gut or even from our heart, right? We're told or we've learned to only pay attention to our rational brain. So when I'm working with my clients and we come up against places where either there are decisions that are really hard to make or they're stuck in some way, I will do exercises with them that have them tap into the other brain areas in their body and learn to listen to the wisdom that actually they're, they're, they know a lot. Their brains know a lot. They just don't all know them from the rational part. They may know them instinctively from gut. They may know them instinctively from memories or from really strong emotions. And so I do that kind of work with them. Well, and it's interesting too, because when we when I talk about being the wolf, it's about being the whole self, being your whole self. Like a wolf is not just ferocious, but it's loving and caring. And there it's all of these things. It can be both things. And so when we're talking about the three different brains, the heart brain, the gut brain, and the head brain, that is tapping into all of that. That's really using utilizing your whole self. And when you deny part of that, when you deny the gut feeling, you're denying a part of yourself that has wisdom and knowledge. A hundred percent. And you know, all three of the brains are connected through the vagus nerve that runs up yeah. your spine. And so we think often that the, the thoughts that we have are all originating in our head, but the truth is, is that they work in concert, right? And you have to start to learn to distinguish between, oh, this is what my head is saying but this is what my gut is saying and how to how to bring all of that together and yeah it is it it's really an exercise in learning to listen to all of you yeah yeah so what was once you started breaking through what was one of the big breakthroughs 
from that place of not being able to push through because that's such a big one that I think so many people can relate to like, oh shit, my brute force isn't going to work anymore. What was, as things started to unfold and you started to be able to be more connected to all, all of the brains, <laughs> what was one of the things that was really kind of obvious? Sometimes those things are so obvious. They're just sitting right there. That's so funny. Yeah. So patience. So I, I really want to say that this is an ongoing conversation, right? An ongoing learning. I didn't just, oh, in the, in the moment, all of a sudden start trusting the universe to bring me what I want it, right? That's just <laughs> so, things don't work quite that way. It's way more of a learning up and down, right? But one of the things that really has made a difference is patience. And to remember that if, if but, and my dad used to say this, he was also an entrepreneur and he used to say this all the time. He would say, if it hasn't worked, if it's not worked out, it just means that it hasn't worked mm -hmm. out yet. Like things are in your favor. The universe is in your favor. Your being here, your world wants you to succeed. And so if you can be patient and practicing patience is really hard because it means not panicking. And for those of us who have years and years of the roller coaster in business happening, panic is a really recognizable, like we're used to it. We understand panic and we go there immediately. Or the same panic is related to the same feeling that you have when you are making a sale and somebody says no, right? Like that might not be panic, but it's that same desperation or need or attachment to the sale that energy is the same and so patience and really feeling into what patience feels like and then what it requires has been one of the biggest lessons i panic a lot less than i ever did oh i i just know that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to work out. Um, and sometimes I'm like, oh, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I have to remind myself, just breathe. There's nothing terrible that's happening yet. Like the, there's nothing terrible happening right now. So you're panicking over nothing right now. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's all the what ifs. Well, what if, if this doesn't happen and this doesn't happen, then this is my happen. And blah, 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 blah. I find, um, you know, those who listen to me a lot, they know I always say, you know, just I just assume that the universe is working for me. This obstacle is here for some good reason. Why we couldn't do our talks in the past was because maybe some nugget of perfect information is going to come out today that's going to bend the world and the trajectory of somebody's life in such a magnificent way that they needed us to line up right now. And I also notice for me, a big piece going along with that patience, and that's a big part of it, is to not fill the space. So often we... Yes. Are like, well, things aren't working, so I must do, 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 do. And again, if we have that barrel through mindset that I think so many entrepreneurs start with, and you kind of need in the beginning, 
you get to this place where, okay, well, things aren't working and I know I'm supposed to be patient, but what can I do in the meantime? I got to fill this space. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's this thing about space that a coach that I worked with a while back used to say this, and it's so true. If you think about it from a, a science perspective and from a physics perspective, you know, one of the universal laws is that no two things can take up the same space mm -hmm. in the universe, right? That's a yeah. physical law. And so if you keep filling the space with things that don't go in that space, the universe or you have a hard, will have a hard time finding the right thing that fits in that space because you keep filling yeah. it with junk. I have clients that are real estate agents and one of the things that, I always liken this to is when a couple or people are out looking for a house and they, you know, make a bid on a house and it doesn't happen. And then they make a bid on another house and it doesn't happen. And they, they, they keep finding what they think is the perfect house. Only it keeps falling through until finally they find the house and it's actually the house. And then they get that house. And if you ask those people, well, what would, you know, imagine what it would be like, would have been like if you had had that first house and they're like, oh no, this is such a better house for us. This is so much better. I think that keeping that in mind, that there is, the, the right thing is out there. The right thing is there just waiting and it will happen. If you can stay grounded and calm and not feel like you have to push everything through. I'm not, I know I'm sounding like this really woo-woo, airy-fairy person right now. But here's the truth. You can, I, I can not panic and not drive things and be totally trusting that the right thing is coming along for me. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things to do. I still have to get up and do my work. I may not be driving so hard but i am talking to people i'm meeting people i'm making contacts i'm networking i'm making offers i right all the things that you have to do and no matter what business you're in business development i'm doing marketing so people still know that i exist you can't stop doing the things that that are part of making a business work while you are also trusting and allowing things to come exactly. to you. You said it so right. It's like, oh, we're just, we're waiting for the universe to come and, and give us the things that we want. But it won't give you anything if you're not creating any action because every, like the practicality of it, there is that like energetic slow of it, but the practicality of it is everything you do has a trajectory, you know, we go back to physics, everything has a cause and effect. I have this conversation now, we, somebody hears it, somebody, then there's whatever ripple effect, and then it comes back and creates something in my life, you know, six months from now or tomorrow, who knows? But if you're not doing, doing things that will create something in the future, you're just going to be sitting around twiddling your thumbs waiting for universe, come save me. <laughs> and that's not going to build you a business.
It exactly. It doesn't. It, it doesn't do anything for you because the energy is all just getting right. dissipated, right? You have to focus on what it is that you want and find ways to yeah. get there. Yeah. So, and yeah. sometimes you could be like one of the things that I love in my story is I was marketing to a certain group of people for a very long time and I was putting all this energy out there and I was still doing things and but I wasn't I wasn't really working. I wasn't marketing to people who I really wanted to be serving. But those people who I really wanted to be serving, they kept showing up on my door. Somehow they found me one way or the other. So it's that concept of what I want is out there and it's trying to find me. And if I stop marketing to this other group, there'll be some more space for that. But because I was still doing some work, you could say it, let the universe know that I still wanted the thing because I was still trying to make things happen. I wasn't just sitting on my butt, just trying to let magic. I mean, it is kind of magic, but you've got to put some effort into it. Yeah, totally. You know, and here, here's the thing, too, I want to be really clear. Like, when, when things were really bad, what I was making was the same it was less than I had been making my very first year in business, like 1997, right? So that was a really long time ago. That's why I start, why I was panicking. That happened for three months before I went to see Hiroko. By the end of that year and the following year, I made more money that year than I had ever made before in a 12-month period after seeing wow. Hiroko, right? And so it's not, and, and I didn't just sit on my butt. I did things, but I did things from a different place. My conversations with people with people were were different. They weren't so driven. They weren't so attached to the outcome. Right? They were conversations that led somewhere. There were conversations that offered real concrete practical guidance for people who I was talking to who may never become a client. And I just kept doing that. Until that whole thing led from, from it was uh, 20, 2017 when I first saw Heroku to twenty twenty two when I had the best year in business I've ever had. And it's so much like you're having a great conversation. Someone has a great experience of you, and then they're having a conversation with somebody else, and they say, "Oh, I need some help with my business." And then the person goes, "Oh, I met this really great person. wasn't right for me at the time, but I'll connect you." And those things happen. And when you give somebody a positive experience, when you're not attached and trying to get something from them, they're much more likely to recommend you actually buy your services, circle back and use you in the future, all of those things. We all know what it feels like when that slimy salesperson is there and they're just, so we know that to the extreme. And those people who are purpose-driven entrepreneurs or in service were like, oh, I don't do that. But if in the back of your head, you're like, I need to make the sale, I need to make rent, you've got a little bit of that energy. So you yeah. said it so perfectly when you're not attached to it. It's just like, what do we get to create in this moment? Like, who knows what 
happens at the end of the call. If you say yes or no, like who cares? What are we co-creating in this moment now? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think too, one of the things that Hiroko had me do like after we'd been seeing each other for a while, because my business is unscalable and I work with people whose business are, are scalable. And I made that decision a long time ago that my business is based all on my brain. It's just me. And that's fine. She had me put out on paper how, how I had helped people for the last 15 years, how much money I had actually impacted the, my clients receiving. And it was such an eye opening Mm. exercise in being responsible for help, helping all of that happen. And it would, and I only took credit for money that they would have said, oh yeah, I couldn't have done this without her, right. without Dana. And sometimes I have to remember that, that success, it doesn't always look like what shows up in my pocket. Success looks like what shows up in the format, my client's. What does success look like for them? And how did we together collaborate and get them to a place where they could experience that success? Well, we definitely are going to talk more about this and share some tips and all of that. But I think this is a really great time for you to tell people how to get in touch with you, what it is, how if they're curious about working with you or even following you, how how do we get to know you even better, Dana? (laughs) Well, the best thing always to do to really get to know me is come and hang out with me on Facebook because Facebook is like my neighborhood and my personal profile. So just come and uh, f- look for Dana Corey. I'm really easy to find. Um, but one thing I have that has been really fun is I have a CEO strengths Ooh. assessment so that people who are business owners or who are CEOs can really pinpoint the strengths, their their highest strength that makes them the best CEO that they can be, but then also uncovers the places where because that's their strength that they might be blind to these other areas that they're not seeing. And so you can take, the quiz takes less than 30, 30 seconds. It's at ceostrengths.com. And if you do it, and then you do put your, your email, email address in, which will absolutely trigger a nurturing sequence. But that sequence is individualized to each strength. And it gives you, like, these are the things you're really good at. These are the things you probably aren't seeing because you're really, your eyes are pointed in that direction. And so you might want to work on these things in order to be the most well-rounded CEO you could be. And that's one of the things that I think people don't realize as they start to grow their business, a lot of times they will (laughs) like hire out all the tasks that they don't like, Uh, which is definitely a thing that you want to do for time management over time. But there is information to be gleaned in those tasks. And when you look at this, one of the things I do with my clients is we kind of feel like, what is that resistance? Why is it that you hate doing tedious admin tasks? Can you tell I love that? <laughs> uh, but it's be- <laughs> one, it's because I'm a big picture thinker. And, but two, I'm not as good at it. 
as I am other things. And because I'm not as good at it, it makes me subconsciously, I know you do a lot of work with the subconscious mind also, it makes me subconsciously feel like, oh, maybe I'm not capable. Maybe I'm not good enough. And so anything that makes you feel like maybe you're not the best at it is something that people will typically lean away. And if you can clear out that subconscious resistance it, in noticing those tasks, it will create big openings in your business because that resistance, sure, you might see it in avoiding bookkeeping, <laughs> but it's creating effect, negative effect in your business and other places as well. Yeah, I do think, though, that, you know, it's important to distinguish between the things that you are really good at and the things that you're not good at and know how to delegate the things that you're not good at to people who do them really yep. well. The truth is, is that if you, we as human beings, we tend to really enjoy the things we're really good at because they're easy, but also because we get feedback for things that we're good at, especially if it's something that most people aren't good at. Right. And, and when, as, as your business grows and as you take on the role of CEO, you just simply can't do it all. So the things that you don't like to do, those are the things that you really want to be able to delegate to somebody who really does like to do them and who know, because if they like to do them, it means that they're really yep. good at it and they're probably better at it than you are. Yep. And so finding those people and we, we tend to automatically assume that if we don't like something, then that's going to be really hard to fill that role or, or find somebody who wants to do that because clearly nobody's going to like <laughs> it's that. It's so true. But there are always people who like things that you don't like to do. There are people who thrive on admin and making sure the details are all perfect. There are people who thrive on making sure everything is organized, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely 100% true. You definitely want to delegate those things out because somebody's going to do them better. They're going to do them faster, all of those things. And when you're at the point, like I work with so many entrepreneurs who are still doing most of the work themselves. So we examine the resistance because you are going to delegate that stuff out at some point, but that resistance is creating some other hooks in your business as well. So looking at the resistance gives you and eliminating that resistance. You'll never, I'm never going to love admin tasks, <laughs> but I have no problem right. sitting down for a couple hours and doing my books. Now it's just like, okay, it's just something that needs to be done. But when I hire some of my other things out that I really don't like to do, it gets done better, faster, quicker. And I don't have to do it, but I've eliminated the resistance. And one of the big things is as you move into that place where your company gets bigger, where you're working with people and you really have to think like a CEO, you're not like a solopreneur kind of person, You, your ability to let go and delegate is going to be one of the things that's going to make or break your business for sure. And it's really something that we end up having to learn because at the beginning of a business, being in control of everything is really... Yeah. Like essential, knowing what where everything is and making sure that you've got your fingers in all the pies and all everything has been done. 
But there comes a time when that works really against you, like seriously yeah. against you. Yeah. And, and it's that place. I love that we're having this conversations because we're talking to people who like your people have been where my people are and my people are going where your people are. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs are big picture thinkers. So being able to see all of it is I think really helpful, really helpful. Awesome. So now one question though, as we look towards wrapping up here, I really am curious when you were starting out, what was the one thing that you really wish you knew? <laughs> that there's always another day. When I was starting out, and I did 15 years of direct sales before I started to practice as a coach. And when I was starting out, I think what was what what would have been really nice was to know that there was time that not everything had to be done right yeah. then that there was always another day i think that my kids when they were really little when i first started started working with myself i think that they suffered when they were little because of this idea that everything had to be done like before i went to bed right which never could be done and it was only i mean i eventually did learn that there was always another day. But that would have been really good to know at the beginning. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where you can hear it, but until you, like, know it deep in the core, then that's when it creates the effect. But, yeah, that's a huge one. And you said earlier you were talking about that space. And even the thing that you learned from the energy healer was to take a step back and essentially give it some space because there is time. And that's that crunch. Like, there's not enough time, not enough money, not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. Not enough. But, oh, if you really in the core of you know there's another day. It's, it's really there's it's exercise and trust again, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I so. was just thinking earlier today about that different, the difference between hope and the difference between faith. And so hope is so much about like, oh, it, it, there's not a firm belief behind it. But when you have faith or when you have trust, you just know. So going back to what your dad said, which was that piece about you haven't. If it hasn't worked out yet, yeah, it will. Exactly. If you just trust, have faith, know that it's going to work out, you're just not sure when. Like we can't, we can't manipulate time in that way yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are some energy people out there that can. So <laughs> the average person cannot yet. <laughs> I want to thank you for this conversation. Dana, do you have anything else that you want to share with everybody? Well, just that it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. It's been so nice actually getting to know you over the course of having to reschedule yeah. and all that. I just appreciate appreciate your flexibility awesome. so much. And once again, can you tell us that um, quiz, where to get that quiz? Yep. CEO Strengths. So C-E-O-S-T-R-E-N 
G-T-H-S.com. Yeah, open up your browser, put it in, everybody. And if you've listened, been listening for a while, you know I've got one out there for you that is about elevating profits and joy and impact and all of the things. You can get that at bethewolfgift.com. And everybody, thank you for listening. Dana, thank you again. And remember, when you operate from who you truly are, you evolve humanity. Bye, everybody. Bye, thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.